We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's kick off the pro football season. Ford pumps again to the sideline. Bat it off. Oh, God! Stokely down the sideline! Can they catch him? Stokely! Wow! This is NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. For a fully automated smart home or a state-of-the-art home theater, start with a visit to EncoreAudioVideo.com. lays it up for Freeman, and it's incomplete. Or did he came in to cash at the 15? What are they going to rule that he caught it? Danny and Dusty on 1080. Derek Johnson, the all-time leading tackler in the history of the Chiefs. With a touchdown! The fan. Good afternoon! Happy Tuesday! Get this brand new Odyssey Portland Studios. We weren't quite sure if they existed or not. I'm not quite sure if my mic is on. I I don't know if mine's on. I I think I hear my feedback. I have all the power. There we go. It's terrifying because Jeff, Jeff Rust has all of the power right now. Which means he can control our mics, which means things are wide open and not. I can't really, I can't see. Our engineers are looking through the glass at us right now, like what's going on. I feel like we're in a zoo. Oh, now it feels like my mic is on. I feel like my mic is actually on now. I think we're good. Yeah, 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 there we go. Now you good now? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we're here. (laughs) This building is awesome. Dude, this building is rad. It is, it is absolutely awesome. It is this is every single movie you've seen in the past 10 years of some, like, Brooklyn uh, brook, uh, brick house, like... Great point. Building. I feel like Kate Hudson works here, and Matthew McConaughey works down the street, yeah. and they're going to have, like, some sort of, like, uh, chance meeting. 100%. Um, Anne Hathaway, the, uh, what's the, uh, the intern... Very strong. The, the Devil Wears Prada. Guy. Yes, very much. Like we're, it's mm. like this is this is this this building's trendy. I call dibs on Merrill being Merrill Street. Uh, that's that's fine. I mean, wait, that's the devil, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, still. That plays. She, 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 I'll she, still I mean, take. You know what, Rust? <laughs> Just because we can't see you now, I don't have to look you in the eye while I talk s to you. Uh, but we're here, and uh, and a lot has been made of uh, uh, Dirt and Sprague called it the penalty box over there. Yes, the uh, Chamber of Isolation. It's something, man. There's a, this is a very new age office. Oh, no, we, we have individual fortresses of solitude. Yeah, which I'm here for. Um, it's, it's the, we'll be posting pictures 
photos. Yes, we'll do the little all, all, all sorts. I'll, of stuff. I'll do a, a little social media walk around. It's, yeah, it's more like a fish out. tank than anything, almost. Yeah, no, everything has glass in it. There's no zero yeah. privacy in this place. Yeah, it's like a voyeur's dream. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like even the windows. Like there's people walking. Like we, the old studio, yeah. we had people who would ever occasionally like tap on the See. glass, like zoo animals. But this is like there's a lot of windows in this place. Look, this is something um, that I, th- I think needs to be discussed. Is that this seems like a big play by corporate to like weed out all of the old school radio because Rust, you know a little bit about this in, in the back, like the the old school history of of the old offices. Like <laughs> decades ago, when I was an intern, I heard like war stories about what some of the FM DJs were doing with, during commercial breaks and in their off hours. And I feel like this is just one big effort to make sure none of that ever happens again by putting windows everywhere. No privacy. (laughs) No privacy. I mean, gone are the days of, you know, I I don't even know why this was a thing. But like in the 90s, in early 2000s, like it would be, hey, you're just going to, you know, bring in some strippers from stars and they're going to come on the radio. I remember that. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Was that Marconi? Uh, I think he was one of oh, yeah. several that yeah. that would do that would do that. Yeah, I I, I remember that. Yeah, but it was also um, uh, what happened when the mics went off. You use your imagination. I'm sure. I things, don't know. I'm sure things happened. There was a lot of stories about yeah. old school radio that that they're going to definitely not be able to happen here because well, no. there are no walls. Well, there mean, are windows everywhere. There is a wall. Is a is a window and you can yeah, see no, it's, right it's through it's, it. Here's the thing. I don't know if it's necessarily that it won't happen anymore. Now just everybody gets to partake. Yeah. Even, even that, look at that. Our, our boss is walking by waving at oh, us as I say that. Hold on. You're saying everybody gets to partake. <laughs> everybody gets to partake. <laughs> Equal opportunity. 2022, now. man. Listen, every, everybody, everybody's <laughs> in now. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, uh, we're here in Slabtown. We worked yesterday. Um, we were on the, on the radio yesterday. Yes. And we're going to have to regale tales of uh, week one in college football. Uh, Oregon had a horrific performance down in Atlanta. The Beavers did not. No, they did not. Uh, We'll talk about uh, what happened over week one in the Pac-12. What what does it look like moving forward for the Pac-12? Um, and then we got to dive in NFL week. We got to start talking about the NFL, baby. We got two sleeps. Oh, that's awesome. Two sleeps till football. Here we go now. Yeah, listen, I, 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 I've, I've, you know, kind of detailed how I excited I am to watch football like full time again. I think my leash ran out in one weekend. Okay, you said this yesterday because you just were a vegetable, just on the couch watching TV. Literally, all I, day I, so, so I here's what I did. Yeah, I did not go for any of the morning kickoff games. I, okay. I waited till the afternoon Georgia Oregon game, like that was. So okay. any game before that, so that was twelve thirty out yeah, here. In any game out here, any game before that, I did not watch. Like I gave, like that was my like. Well, look, I'm not watching in the morning. Yeah, and which was, is the that should be enough. But you have to do something in that time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to work for that. Yeah, exactly. And so you know, just taking care of a few things here or there, the honeydew list. But I I parked myself in front of that TV and I did not move from. 12, 12.30 until, like, I ended up finally moving, I think, about the third quarter of the Oregon State game. I retreated to the bedroom. 
I relinquish the the couch. The, oh, I can see the look on her face. So she's like she's like just the sound of football at that point in time was was no longer acceptable. We we need to find your wife a hobby then. We need to like that's yeah. that's the key. Yeah. Is like you need to find her something the, the, that eats up that Saturday because guess what Sunday's going to be here too. Right, I know and that so I I had to so I have had to explain these these things each uh kind of iteration, right? First, it was when I was doing NBA coverage, doing Outsiders, like when, when I went pre and post. It was like, hey, I'm basically going to be working two jobs 82 nights a year. Like, it's just I'm going to disappear for work, and then I'm going to disappear for probably six to eight hours on a game night. Like, I'm just yeah. not going to be around. And, like, she got used to the ebb and flow of that. Like, but there were the trade-offs where in the summertime we go wherever, go do whatever adventure, get out of town, go on vacation. Like, no questions asked. Like, that was the whole thing. Now what do I have to give? Like taking basketball, because basketball is still going to happen. I'm still going to cover that like crazy. But now I also am taking the weekends, Saturday and Sunday. I, I, need, I need an olive branch, and I need to, it needs to be good. All right, what is she into? What can we do here? That's, that's what I'm trying to figure do out. Like, you don't know what she's into? That's well, your no, wife. Like, you should probably well, no, know like, this, Danny. But I, I, know, I know what she's into, but it's <laughs> Wait, like. Hold on. Is she listening right now? No. Because she, we don't want the no, dog. We no, don't no. want this hole to get deeper no, by, by no. you saying you don't know what she's into. No, you no, just no, need I, to find something. And I know what she's into. And the thing is, is like, she's, she's really into gardening right now. She's really into like making our very bad yard look good. All right. Um, but we're going to run into daylight and nice weather here real soon. Yeah, that's not going to be feasible. No, that's not. Build her greenhouse. Not a terrible idea, huh? Yeah. See, the thing is, that's the thing is, like football season is indoor season. Yeah. So I gotta find her an indoor hobby. How many TVs you got in that house? Well, that's the that's the, the thing. That's the saving grace is yeah. I won't need to burn that bridge because I can give her the living room as yeah. soon as the studio is done. And so that's why I'm trying yeah. to finish the studio right now. But still, mm. so long story short, when her and I first got married. Mm. She, Every waking second together. If I like left the room, she was like, <laughs> "We need to spend more time together." Right now, she's like, "Why don't you go somewhere?" Well, yeah. Why don't you? Then? Yeah. So that's that's the thing. Is like, I think then you need to leave. But see, if if I use too much of that time in the studio, <clears throat> will that come back to haunt me? And the well, of answer, course it will. It, it, it's it called yes. marriage. <laughs> that's so what I'm, it's all about. So my I'm man. trying to find that sweet spot, and I'm trying to plan ahead accordingly. Well, all right. Uh, let's get this show on the road, shall we? We are here in the brand new Odyssey Studios. Uh, it, it's a we are in a 100 year old building that looks brand new. It's awesome. It's weird. <clears throat> yeah. So it, this is just the beginning of uh, hilarity and hijinks that will ensue in this building. Uh, in sla- we're in beautiful Slab Town, and Ryan saying welcome to the neighborhood. Hey, thanks, man. It's good to be here. Let's do this thing. I will say this: I have seen the, all of the fruits that. This, this region of Portland has to offer in, like, the first 30 seconds of driving down here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a, a lot on both ends. It's, it's a lot. Uh, you need to get your wife into fantasy football. My girlfriend hated football but is super competitive, so it was a perfect introduction. Football guilt-free on Sundays due to her joining a league. Yeah, see, she, might, she won't fall for that. Oh. I know my wife too good. All right, 503-250-1080. Um, we need to find Danny's wife a hobby today, apparently. Because you're going to be in the doghouse a lot, because that's part of the part of the gig now. You just got to watch some football, man. Yeah, I, I literally explained to her. I, I I am legally obligated to watch football. All right, let's start this show with a little college football. The new polls are out. The Ducks fall in both. Uh, but here come the beeves. Danny Dusty on the. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network. 
from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One, two, three, four. Get up, get on up. Get up, get on up. Well, we knew the Oregon Ducks would be falling. It was just a matter of how far uh, Oregon would fall. It turns out uh, depends on who you ask. The coaches poll released today and Oregon falling 12 spots from 12 all the way down to 24th. Meanwhile, in the AP top 25, the Ducks go from the 11th ranked team in the country to receiving votes. They're essentially 26th after a 49-3 beatdown at the hands of Georgia. The coaches' poll basically was just coaches feeling sorry for Dan Lanning. <clears throat> yeah, and realizing how good they uh, that, that Georgia is. I know a lot of people have said, well, they're not going to fall completely out. I wasn't so sure that after the game. And looking at the AP Top 25 it makes sense. Um, Not putting an offensive touchdown on the board is pretty damning. I would say so. I, I would say that that would make a for a pretty willful performance. Yeah. Um, one thing that was of note in the AP Top 25 is that uh, Georgia is now trying to, or is starting to, uh, siphon off those first-place votes from Alabama and Ohio State. They move up uh, from third up to second with 17 first-place votes now. Um, which is notable because, look, Oregon played uh, about as poor as you can defensively mm-hmm. against a really good Georgia offense, seven straight drives for touchdowns. Yeesh. But to a their defense, we knew, was going to be really dang good heading into this year. And looking at them, try you know, take a lot of those first-place votes away from, especially Ohio State, and uh, trip a little bit off of, of Alabama – that is to be expected as well. That Georgia team, folks, when it's all said and done, that will be one of the best teams in the country. And I think when the truth is going to lie somewhere in the middle of the, with this Oregon team is, is they can get this thing, if they can get this thing back on the rails. They're talented enough to be a, you know, what, 15 to 20? Sure. Um, and maybe even more if, if they really start humming. They will be the most talented team 
uh, they will have the advantage talent-wise in every single game moving forward. forward. That yeah. We talked to Dave Bartu yesterday, and he said the talent mark, they're going to be way ahead of everybody else on their schedule moving forward. It is, one, you can't let this thing linger, and two, you better get up off that mat really quick because you got Eastern Washington and then BYU coming in, which Who's is a top, top 25, 25 team. team as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you take a look at Oregon's schedule, and Oregon's schedule does lay out really well for them, and realistically. Because they can, they can get things right against Eastern Washington, maybe get things on track, hopefully. Uh, and then you have a potential top 25 matchup, as long as everybody does what they're supposed to do, then the, the following week against BYU. And you can maybe ingratiate yourself. Go out there and really handle BYU, show that your defense, while not on par with the best in the country, is still very good, and that... It was not a fluke, but not an accurate representation of what you really are. Or you go the other way. Well, which we've seen before. I mean, we have. And, uh, you know, that was with a defense that, you know, was regarded as very poorly coached. Mm. I don't think this defense is poorly coached. I don't think so either. Um, We'll find out, you know, how well they can kind of scrap this thing together because they have major deficiencies. The defensive line. Those question marks still remain and are actually looking larger. Did a question get, an- get answered for you defensively in Georgia? Oh, God, no. Every single question still remains, right? The pass rush. No, I, no I'm saying the defensive line is even bigger of a yes. bigger question mark. I think the linebackers, which were regarded as one of the best units in the country, you're looking at that unit, and right now you're going, mm. the same issues mm-hmm. now for two coordinators remain, which is the inability to hand off or identify crossers, Tight ends coming out, backs out of the backfield. They were the biggest bugaboo again when Tim mm-hmm. DeRuiter's uh, defense. It was one of the things I was looking forward to the most about Dan Lanning and how fundamentally disciplined his backers have always been mm-hmm. in that regard. And it was the same story, just a different year with better against better talent. Yeah. And and that was a very alarming thing because then that tells you, all right, where is the disconnect here? We have two different coordinators trying to get through to, to relatively same group of guys mm-hmm. and an inability to do so. And two coordinators, by the way, who are good and well, very well highly regarded yes. in their profession and have a fantastic track record. Yeah, and because of the prospect levels of those guys, I tend to believe that they'll figure something out at least a little bit. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, hopefully, right? <laughs> that's, that's kind of the idea. I'm, I'm terrified about that defensive line. We heard that they were figuring stuff out, that Dorless was going to kind of be a guy. You were going to get some. He had to be. And then I, I, again, I'm I'm not trying to throw these guys under the bus, but I can't remember the last time I saw an offensive line kick the crap out of somebody like that for an entire game. there There was zero pressure. The yes. entire game. Well, there was pressure when they got it. They couldn't even tackle Stetson Bennett. Well, that, and yeah. having eight seconds to throw downfield, that is – it was alarming. Yeah. I mean, there, the Justin Flo uh, roughing the passer yeah. that they reviewed for targeting, he, Stetson Bennett legitimately had six to eight seconds just back in the back. Standing in there. Sitting there going from right to left, back to the right, and there was nowhere – to throw the ball, and then he had enough time to just chuck it up down the sideline to find a guy wide open because it's impossible to cover for that yeah. one. And I, I will say, if there is maybe a silver lining mm-hmm. in that game, the receiving yards were from running backs, tight ends, and your corners actually played decent. Tackling was an issue. Tackling, there you go. But coverage-wise, <laughs> they, they, they weren't getting beat on short, crisp routes right out of the gate. They did cover at least relatively well. It was just that you can't cover for more than three and a half seconds. All right. Um, 
Gosh, we'll rehash that game a little bit more, and because I, I see the text line is is filling up with Bonix and and a lot of stuff about that game. We'll get into that. Uh, we want to talk about the rankings here, which the the Ducks may have fallen out of the top twenty five uh, in the AP poll and down to twenty fourth in the coaches poll, but you have Oregon State now picking up some votes, baby. Votes. Look at that, and that was. And we'll have more on the Beavs game too. That game was so refreshing to see mm-hmm. because of so many different reasons, but. An exclamation point to start the season yep. is something the Beavs haven't done in so long. They haven't beaten an FBS opponent they in week one since. Game. Well, they haven't beaten an FBS opponent in week one since 2012, Ugh. and it was what 2015 or 16 since they've even won An-opener. any opener. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was Weber State getting that win in the fashion that they did it. That is huge. Now you got to go on the road this week. If, but if the Beavs knock off a Fresno State team on the road, which also getting votes. is also getting votes, then They're you're looking at 2-0, and, and you're creeping up uh, a little bit more. It's got to be impressive, though, because of, of the legitimacy of the Pac-12 from yes. the national perspective. And you have got to put it on Fresno like you did Boise, yeah. because right now Oregon – they, the shine came off them. Utah job drops from seven the all the way down to 13. And that was a horrific loss in the swamp where so many times they were so close. And whether it was the interception by Cam Rising at the end, whether it was game management at the end, which is a big concern. And you go, what is going on with that, Utah? Um, they end up tarnishing the Pac-12 is in the national eyes, right? You right two out of the top game. dogs go down. The only thing that's propping them up right now is USC moves up to 10 because they beat a team that gets hammered by every Power yes. 5 team in Rice. What's interesting about Oregon State taking on Fresno State and taking on Boise State in the first two weeks, the fact that they're not playing Pac-12 teams might be actually beneficial for them. <laughs> I'm serious. Like just the, Because the, playing out of conference, like they, they might have a saving grace where it's a different measuring stick. Yeah. Because let's be honest, you you hit on it as far as the the I don't know the framing of the Pac-12 is distorted. Yeah, and I mean rightfully so. As as much of the you know Oregon Utah you know feather waving of like we are the the, the class of the Pac-12. Are you? And if you are, holy crap! Because well, they have been. And in this year, they just took it on the chin. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. As far as like changing a national narrative to bo- have both teams go out there, and we talked about this going into the game. Like nobody really believed Oregon was going to win, <laughs> win at yeah. all. Like I thought they would be competitive. I certainly didn't see 49 to three coming. No, but I Utah they lost, and you have to give Florida credit because they handled yeah. what they needed to handle. Utah should have won that game, and if they win that game handily, which they probably should have won by two scores. Then I think it does save a little bit of the narrative. Or they could have won by two scores, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And like if they do that, it does it does save the narrative big time. Because yeah, you look at Oregon, you go, yeah, well, that's Oregon. That's that's what happens, and when they take on the SEC, da, da, da. but Utah went down in the in the swamp and smacked a good Florida team in the jaw. It wasn't pretty, but Utah never wins pretty, and they did what they do. Like yeah. that's okay. The fact that they didn't do that and they shot themselves in the foot in the final seven minutes of that game. Puts the Pac-12 in a very precarious situation, and you know, I hit on it a little bit yesterday. The idea of like, is there a way that Pac-12 team could run the table right now and be in the College Football Playoff? Probably not. Yeah, it, I mean, unless it's USC at this point. Yeah, um, and they, even then, their schedule's probably not like they just have Utah. 
Well, but if you're undefeated and you run the table, they're going to have, they're going to beat Notre Dame at some point. I see you do have Notre Dame to do that. And look, the perception right now, this is week one overreactions. As you continue to move up in the rankings, you will uh, put yourself in a better spot. But I mean, it kind of feels almost, almost like uh, the 2016 season, you know, right back at it again, because remember USC, they lost in week one to Alabama, 52 to six. Mm-hmm. Hey, two scores. It was the exact same margin of defeat. <laughs> they got three more, and so did Alabama. Yeah, well. Right? Like that is, and then you look back at, at the final rankings in 2016, USC somehow, some way, found their way up in, in finishing in a respectable. Um, what was it? I think they were a top 10 team by I the end they of the year. And they 10. won the uh, Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. didn't they? Uh, beating Penn State that year. Mm-hmm. And so, a fantastic game. Yeah. And it, the way they ended up doing that, they lost by, remember, they, got, they lost the, by. They got the bejesus kicked out of them in a way that even Oregon, Georgia was not close to. Well, yeah, because they weren't acting like chained dogs ready to be let loose on the field and then get absolutely manhandled by 46 points. But if we remember that USC team at the beginning of the year, they were one in three mm-hmm. with losses to Stanford, Utah, and Alabama. Yeah, they looked awful in okay. all of those games. They ended up finishing the season 10 and three mm-hmm. with a Rose Bowl win over the fifth ranked team in the country in yep. Penn State. Like, and that's there, there's a got, redemption story here for Oregon if they want it. Well, it's a perception story that the Pac-12 can get. The only that you can get back. It's week one. We always overreact to week one, right? And good, bad, and ugly. Mm-hmm. You do it, right? But what you see in a lot of these teams is they're not even close to being. Yeah. They're not even close to being on, on the same level as an Alabama, a Georgia, Ohio State. And it is a different planet that those that those programs or Dan Landing would call programs are are working at. And uh, look, I think we just saw how far Oregon has to go from developing talent, from a recruiting standpoint, from a coaching standpoint. It was all of it. But uh, the Pac-12 may not may not be dead. Is is there a pathway? Five zero three two five zero ten eighty in the perception that the Pac-12 is going off of um, after a. That's a, as bad of a week one as, as you can get. The only saving grace is USC put up 66 against Rice. <laughs> yeah, they do what they're supposed to do. All right, Danny and Dusty, we are at the live new Odyssey Studios here. And I think we're still on the air, so that's good. I'm, I'm checking now. Yes, yes, we are. All right, let's see if we can throw it to Jeff Rust for SportsCenter to see if that works for the first time. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. This is NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. On 1080 The Fan. All right, 503-250-1080, that's a fan text line. Uh, we're talking the Pac-12. AP rankings not serving the Pac very well, uh, except for USC moves up. Hey, top 10. Top 10 they are 10th. Um, Utah fell from 7th down to 13th after their loss to Florida. Florida goes from unranked up to 12th. Uh, that's a jump and a half. Well, yeah, how about eight SEC teams ranked in the top 25? 
That's gross. There's only 14 teams in the pack or in the SEC, by the way. And if you want to count Oklahoma, um, they are, are sitting there at seventh, and uh, Texas is not ranked. They're not back yet. yet. They will. It'll be, be it'll be two weeks after they play Alabama. That's when they'll be back. Oh my gosh! Well, that's a whole thing too because did you see your Sark? Um, yeah, it's not going to define their program. Not going to define their program. Texas cannot be back until they're defined by a, a win. win in week one or two. Yes, all right, hundred percent. I mean, they were back last week at, or last year. They lost to Arkansas, mm. and then they crushed Rice fifty-eight nothing. Like, yep, back Texas baby, back. Rice um, is really what makes you come back. <laughs> you know, Rice is frozen. If well, there's one common thread, welcome back USC. But. Um, as you look at it, SC 10, Utah uh, 13, those are the only Pac-12 teams that are ranked. Oregon drops all the way out of the poll from 11 down to 26. You, uh, Oregon State is receiving five votes. That's good for 38th. And then UCLA and Arizona each uh, garnering one vote apiece in the top 25. Um, this is what we go through every year. It's like we were just talking about 2016 is a great example of this. Mm-hmm. And I went out and I looked back at it. USC ended up after losing fifty-two to six to the Alabama Crimson Tide in Week One. They ended up third in the final AP Top Twenty-five. Third, <laughs> behind mm-hmm. Alabama, which was second. Right. So, as hor- as horrible as these losses are, and as horrible as these losses look, um, not just Oregon is especially bad because when you lose by forty-six points. It is it, that's a bad loss for Utah as well. There can be a pathway back, but it's going to take a for the conference, not for Oregon or Utah, for the conference yes. to be. Uh, there is a pathway to relevancy, it, but you have to take care of the, the business the rest of the way, and that is non-conference play. Where look, there's a lot of really good games for the conference still in front of them. BYU a week from um, a week from this Saturday is is going to Autzen Stadium. That's a big one. Uh, UW, UW, Michigan State, Michigan State is, is another big one for the conference where they can uh, come out and make a statement. And obviously you still have Stanford with Notre Dame and USC with Notre Dame. It, it is as bad as those losses were for the Pac-12. It is week one. And I think there just needs to be kind of this realization. And we go have to go through it every year because of the reactionary nature of college football that Man, one week, and especially being the first week, doesn't define the season. You just got to be able to get up off the mat. And that's the thing is there there are redemptive games coming up in the next two weeks. You've got Arizona State against Oklahoma State, which Oklahoma I, State looks like a absolute unit offensively. I, I, defensively, I'm not sure how well they're going to hold up. I mean, that's kind of Oklahoma State's M.O. But Nobody has faith in Arizona State, though. Again, I'm just pointing out where there's opportunities. <laughs> that's all. Uh as weird as this sounds, an interconference matchup because Stanford does carry a certain level of respect. If USC went in there and handled Stanford and elevated inside the top 10, I think that's a way, weirdly enough, to lift the conference mm-hmm. up uh, because with, when USC is back, the conference is back. Kind of, it, I, I know people up here hate saying that, but it's generally true. Uh, and then you have Washington State. Like, how real are they when they're going to go into Camp Randall and take on Wisconsin? Are they I, get... You know what? I'm going to push back on the USC being back thing because, 
I mean, USC hasn't been to a playoff. And again, think about USC hasn't been to a playoff and the Pac-12 hasn't had any respect. Do you think those things Well, I mean, hand? Oregon and Washington, you have to have a team that is good enough. But that's and, a, again, and that is the saying. thing is any time you have a team good enough, the Pac-12 has been in. And that is Yes, but I'm talking about the conference and getting a level of respect. Well, again, that's getting into the playoff. I don't think the Pac-12 has gotten that respect even when they've gotten there because when they've gotten there, they've gotten smacked. I'm not talking about getting to the playoff and like getting the invite. I'm talking about the collective respect, media, fan base, the, that, the, the respect that you're not like, oh, here we go again, it's the Pac-12. I'm talking about... Well, they've only been twice, so... Again, that's what, that's what I'm saying. But, but they did play for a national title. The last, the last time that the Pac-12 had real respect was because they were at the top. And, I don't, and that's what I push back on because I think that it, they did get respect when Oregon got to the national title game, beat Florida State, the defending national title in the Rose Bowl, then went and played Florida State or Ohio Auburn. State. You have – no, they played Ohio, no, no, State. Sorry, sorry, Ohio State. And when they played for another national title, right, that, it, that was over a decade ago now, though. But um, it, it all comes down to the respect is warranted when you have a team that's good enough. Yes. And the, the whole thing, it doesn't matter who it is. You get respect. I think when, it does. You get respect when you have a team that is good enough. And that is the thing, is that – there has not been, since UW made it, a team that has been good enough to get that respect because you have the, the confusing and mind-boggling boggling losses. Mind-boggling. Well, well, there you girl. go. I like it. Um, mind-boggling losses that hamper Utah from getting there, mm-hmm. that ha- have hampered Stanford from getting there. Yep. And those are the signs, even though at the end of the year, those teams are as good as any other team in the country, Right. They are. They have not been and and are not a at the level of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. It is that's been the frustrating part. The teams that have is won. that well. The frustrating part is that college football now is three teams and everybody else is the haves because the Oklahoma has gone with Lincoln Riley. They went what four times, three, five times, three, three four, five, three. They have not won a game. Yeah. Michigan State has gotten there. They get absolutely manhandled. They get thumped. Michigan gets thumped. Notre Dame. Right? Look at the teams. Yep. Like The only teams that win, mm-hmm. all right, are one of, like, three schools. And that is where you get the respect by beating one of those yep. schools and winning a playoff game. And that is very few teams have actually won a playoff game. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, a, sh- it's a short list. But that is where – that respect comes in because it is three schools right now and everybody else in college football. Hell, watching week one, it's two schools and everybody else. Yeah, because Ohio State does not look like they're on Alabama, Georgia. In Georgia, yeah. As crazy as that is to say with how much talent they have, uh, I I think it's safe to say that they are not uh, the Joe Burrow LSU offense (laughs) that was being thrown around by a lot of Ohio State fans. No, it was uh, not. No, it's, no, no, it's hey. not the greatest offense that college football has ever seen. But I'll tell you, their defense looks Sharp. night and day yes. from, it wa- from what that, it was. Is that a Ryan Day joke? Oh, hey, hey. there we go. Um, but Jim Knowles, who went from Oklahoma State to Ohio State, uh, drop board made it to the new building. Look at that. He went from Oklahoma State to Ohio State. It has been, I mean, it is clear. He has put in work with that team, yes. and they are, they are a different unit on that side of the ball. Um, that was the most impressive part about Ohio State. Their offense, probably, they're going to be okay. Yes, but it's not. early in the year, remember early in the year? Mm-hmm. Early in the year, last year, Oregon went, and they put the clamps down on them. Yep. 
that is a, the only time Ohio State gets, trailed at the halftime last, it, at it, halftime right. last year. And it's it's what gets them going mm-hmm. early in the year, and then what were they at the end of the year? They were a juggernaut at the end of the year. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Again, I, I think that, that there's very much a, a drop off after Alabama, Georgia. Um, yeah. What you know, Clemson played last night. I was not. I as good as they are defensively, I do not believe in that offense one bit. I I just I I don't think Goyungle is going to end up lasting the season as a starting quarterback there. And I know ACC SEC difference, but they still have NFL dudes. They were still ranked, you know, fourth in the country. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Michigan, are they for real? For real? Are you know talent wise? Do they stand up? Do they get back to a playoff? Does the, you know? Are they a team that could potentially knock off a Georgia and Alabama and upset? Yeah. Eh. Again, I, I think the uh, the way this is all going to shake out is going to be very interesting in that four through ten range. It is, yeah, and it is uh, it is good to have at least one team in it if you're a Pac-12 fan, and it is USC. Weirdly and enough, the the conference is better when USC is is good. And that is undeniable because it's right now you have other, well, you need teams. You need multiple teams. Yeah. You can't just have one or two teams carrying the weight. You need to have multiple teams. And when USC is good, that is good for the rest of, uh, of the conference as a whole. For at so, least for another two years. And for, if you're an Oregon or a Utah fan or an Oregon state fan, which Oregon state is getting five votes in the top 25. Look, those are having teams that you can just knock off and, and, you want you're going to be rooting for USC until you play them. Because September twenty fourth, Oregon State USC might be a top twenty five matchup. Will that be the smallest crowd to watch USC since? I mean, it'll since be twenty six thousand. Yeah, since the nineties. I don't know. It got pretty ugly for Clay Helton. Yeah, but even then, they, they, there was one of those games where it was Memorial Coliseum so freaking big that even when it looks empty, it's still a ton. Yeah, well, UC, uh, UCLA over the weekend. Oh, they had 26,000 at Rose Bowl. It was a, it was a record low. It looked... It, it was it was disgustingly sparse. A 100,000-seat stadium with 26,000 people. Like, Jeez. you need to put those all into one section and make sure it's the <laughs> one that TV is, cameras Focus are pointed on. at. Because Don't go to the wide shot. That was brutal. Yeah. That was brutal. Yeah, it's it was bad. And it's, it sucks because the Rose Bowl is such a rad stadium. And they scored 38 unanswered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looked. Listen, my 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 bias was showing as I as the first first quarter of that game unfolded as I was watching UCLA get packed up early on. Well, didn't USC? Uh, didn't they have a not a very good showing either at the at the Coliseum for their game? I remember uh, the opening week. Yeah, it wasn't packed. No, yeah. it was yeah. no, it wasn't. But it wasn't twenty six thousand. I wonder if how much of that pushback because when I was down in LA, um, it was. It was interesting to see how many of the SC and UCLA fans that were down there mm-hmm. that were really upset that they were leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. Yeah, it feels like that it's, was a, it's a weird. It's thing. a hard. It, I feel like it's a very hard split because I have a lot of friends on obviously on the USC side yeah. who are just very much like, yeah, no, get out of here. It's totally fine. But I have others who are like, yeah, no, it's going to be disruptive to the history of the Pac-12 and what it means and uh, betrayal and it's <laughs> it's. It, I, I don't know. I, I, I again. I, my bias is I'm always going to be pro USC, so I want the program to do whatever's best for the program. Uh, Omer. Yeah, I am. I, I'm not going to lie. But, Omer. Uh, when, it, when when it comes to the like the protection of the program, yeah, 100. Yeah, percent I'm going to want them to do what's best for them. So, but it is interesting to see how that is going to play out. And 
I just wonder how much of that is going to feed into this college football season. 503-250-1080. That is the fan text line. Ooh, we have Southern California folks saying uh, weather. It was too hot. It was very hot. It was going to be 100 degrees in Eugene this weekend. It is. For a 530 kick. Yeah, That'd I think be the heat of the day. Yeah, it'll be I think it was I think they said it was anywhere between 102 and 104 Memorial Coliseum and keep in mind that place was built in 1926. Yeah. There's not there's zero cover anywhere and it is a giant concrete block. It is a heat conductor. All right. 50 it is yeah, no cover at no, all. There's no cover anywhere. Oh. 503-250-1080 that's a fan text and well more on college football. We got a ton of thoughts on Oregon, the Pac-12 uh and um, everything going on. We're going to, again, if you guys missed it yesterday, we're going to go back over uh, the games from Oregon and Oregon State and the rest of the Pac-12 uh, throughout the course of the show. So we will get those breakdowns for you if you missed them yesterday. But coming up next, uh, the Blazers are at it again. Danny and Dusty on the fan. This is NFL Kickoff Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by Encore Audio Video. On 1080 The Fan. We have got a... uh, I have a question for you about the Blazers. Um, Are they in court? Or are they signing basketball players? Because I don't know what an exhibit 10 is. That sounds like oh, Matlock is, gotcha. is bringing exhibits in. I didn't know where you were going with this. I was like, what is We've got exhibit 10. Uh, the roster, it's continually adding people. I know they got rid of Didi Lozada last week. Correct. And, and they also actually waived Norvell Pell, who was also an exhibit 10 contract. I didn't know that Norvell Pell was... Part of the Blazers. Well, I mean, technically, yes. So are those just training camp guys? Yes, they're training oh, okay. camp deals. So what an exhibit ten is is it guarantees <laughs> like fifty thousand dollars. So great work if you can find it. Hell's yeah. Yeah, no, and you get like a little per diem. They usually put them up at the hotel, like across the street from the practice facility, kind of a deal. Joe Cronin, I'm available for Listen, exhibit will, ten contracts. I will, I will exhibit one. Yeah, I will. You don't even have no. to exhibit ten. Me. You exhibit ten me. Give me a t-shirt, some sweats, and then uh, that fifty grand. Yeah, and w- you can cut me whenever. Listen, man, I, I want the swag bag. Like the the like when you actually sign with the Blazers, like give me that swag bag, because it's got to be deep. I wonder what that is like. We like, need to get like all, a all Drew the, Eubanks on the line and and talk to him about all that. of the sweats, all of the hoodies. Yeah. Like those aren't cheap, man. Like those, especially like the the team issue ones. Those are nice. Dude, back in the day, they used to make you give that stuff back when, when they would it, cut you because it's not then, cheap, man. And then they'd give it to the next recycle the next well, guy. Now they just have like closets full of. I mean, stuff. Nike. The swoosh comes and drops right. that stuff off. But long story short, Exhibit Ten is a fifty thousand dollar a year contract. Right. Uh, what it does is it doesn't guarantee you a roster spot, but it guarantees the Blazers the first right of refusal. That's essentially what it does. Oh, okay. So they can, if anybody else wants to come in and sign them. Well, yeah. it's like a practice squad. Like adding a guy in the NFL to your practice squad where another team can come and sign him, but you can say no. You can, you can, can, you can say no and bring him to your roster. Yeah, but you have to bring them you up have to, to bring the full-time it, well, roster. Well, to, to, to a two-way. Okay. At bare minimum. Yeah, okay. And that's what the Blazers have. Well, technically the Blazers now have one actual roster spot open. They have 14 now after waving Didi Lozada, waving Stretch. They're going to pay him $260,000 a year. Bring back your man, Mello. No, thank God he's probably going to the Celtics. I saw that. Yeah, no, that's probably. Why would you do that? Because that. Well, you want to stymie the development of your young players? Yes, you want to take your young players and take shots away from them. That's Perfect. what you want to do. Right. Uh, well, so well, they, 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 they have Gallo down. there, and you know they found on a second 
MRI that he has a torn ACL. I don't know how you missed that in the first one, but Ganello Dalinari. Or... <laughs> Ganello well, Dalinari, huh? I just mixed his entire name up. <laughs> uh, he had a a torn ACL. Torn ACL at Eurobasket. Yep. Done. Yeah, he's done, done. So he's probably down for 10 months. Um, but I guess they want to find somebody else who takes a lot of shots, doesn't really hit them, and, and you know boggles down your offense and doesn't play defense. I can do that. I mean, yeah. again, I can do that. But you're, the difference is you're Brad not, Stevens, call me. You're Give not me even eight. more. Like they want somebody who at least right. looks the part. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem. Yep. Uh, but so the Blazers have brought in a multitude of dudes. Um, there was a momentary freakout where people were losing their ever-loving minds because they were they brought in one a guard, a six-foot guard. On one exhibit ten, they brought in a six foot six, six foot seven wing, and Jared Roden. Uh, the people were like still no big, and then they brought in Norvell Pell, and he was he's a twenty nine year old six foot ten big who's been around. But so the way two way contracts work, you can't play more than four years in the league yeah. before you can get on a two way. Can I just say this that none of these guys we can just say none of these guys are going to probably be on the roster. Well, so. that's not true. So they they've brought in two well, mo- playing significantly. That that's part of it. So they there we go. They they brought in Saar, Olivier Saar, who's a twenty three year old uh, four star recruit out of Wake Forest, who ended up backing up uh, at Kentucky, went undrafted, but he's shown a little bit of juice in the NBA. He played, I think he played twenty two twenty four games last year, mm-hmm. shot forty four percent from three. He's a legit seven footer, like he's athletic, like he's he's shown some stuff. Like if you're gonna take a flyer on somebody for a two way, you want young, you want size, you want the ability to see something, right? So we got to remember, Yusuf Nurkic is the only guy on this roster over seven foot. That's it. It's a short list. Yusuf Nurkic, that's it. The next tallest guy on the roster is Drew Eubanks at 6'9". Yeah, this is not it, a... It gets dicey very quickly. Then you got Jeremy Grant at 6'8". Then you kind of, you're splitting hairs between Greg Brown and uh, so are, Jabari Walker are, at 6'8". Are 6'8 centers our new 6'3 guard? Is that... It seems like that we're just collecting them here in Portland. Which that is why, awesome. again, right. but no, you want to collect six foot eight guys. That's what you want. That's ultimately what you want Not to do. Not at center. No, but just in general. <laughs> so you got to start somewhere. Um, just in, in, in talks around uh, the Blazers, they do want to carry 14 guys going into the season. They, I was told that they would like to have that flexibility. Getting rid of DD did get them $67,000 under the luxury tax. They are $6.7 million away from the hard cap. So if they find themselves in a position to go spend money, maybe they do. Okay. But I would imagine that if they are going to keep anybody from this training camp group, that's going to matter. It's going to be SAR. That will, he will get the other two-way contract. All right. Well, there's your Blazer update. All right, let's get back to football. Um, I like football, but I think that was needed because the Blazers are just signing guys and releasing guys, and I know a lot of people are going, what the hell is happening with them? Um, so – they're just training camp bodies and, and mostly guys that uh, we, sh- we won't be seeing. All right. Uh, we start our number two with see two guys rewrite their stories in the NFL. And how many times has that been done before? Danny Dusty on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, oh, oh. 
Treat your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.